0: How's everyone doing? It's uh, great to see everybody back. Are y'all excited about this new Heaven series? Um, let me just tell you, I am unbelievably excited. I've been in ministry for about uh, 20 years. Uh, I've been part of a lot of different churches, great churches, and I can't remember a time where I have gone through a Heaven series. And it doesn't mean I didn't teach on it, because I'm not always the greatest listener. Um, but I don't remember. And so uh, throughout my life, when I became a Christian at 18, uh, people began to tell you, hey, heaven's going to be incredible. And I remember asking, what are we going to do in heaven? You ever asked that question before? What is it going to be like? What are we going to eat? What, what's going to happen in heaven? And um, I remember I was 18 and someone said, um, hey, you, you can do whatever you want. I was like, really? They're like, yeah, what do you love to do? I was like, i love to play basketball. And they said, well, in heaven, you're gonna play basketball and you'll have new wings, so you're gonna dunk. And I thought, <laughs> what? And, and they just, so 18 years old, um, and, and I'm asking mentors questions. Another person said, hey, here's what's gonna happen. You are just gonna sing, holy, 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 all day, every day, every minute, every hour. And I was a new Christian and I didn't want to seem unspiritual. I was like, that sounds boring. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> like, that's what we're going to do? And so the theology would change in what I thought about heaven. And it's interesting because as I was doing my research about heaven, um, 73% of America who were surveyed uh, believe that heaven is a real thing. So, that's 73% of Americans believe absolutely heaven's a real thing. But when you begin to ask them to define heaven, there's different answers that you would get. For example, uh, when people were surveyed, what do you think heaven is? Uh, One person said, it's one long worship service, and that's what you do, you worship. Another person said, here's what happens, it's a place where we can go do the things that we love to do. Whatever you wanna do, go do it for the rest of your life. Like, well, all right. Another person said, it's a place where we are united with loved ones and pets (laughs) loved ones and pets so this is look this is a serious question people ask me um will my dog be in heaven people ask that question and people really want to know will we there will be animals in heaven and here's what i like to do um, I, you know, I refer them to this great theological movie um, called All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yeah. And that, <laughs> I'm joking, but I'm going to answer some of these questions. These are real questions people have. And then another person said this, it's a place where we receive our angel wings. So you've heard people say another angel got their wings, right? And they believe that people who pass away become guardian angels over us, which poses the question. Uh, Can people in heaven right now, can they see what's going on on earth? In fact, let's take a poll in here, just for fun. How many of you would say people in heaven could see right now what's going on on earth? Raise your hand. How many of you say, no, there's no way. Hold on before. So how many would say there's no way because it's heaven, and if they were able to see the evil on earth, then it wouldn't be heaven? How many would say, no, they can't see what's going on on earth? This is great. We're just about split. We'll answer that question later. <laughs> and some people, we're going to answer that question today, by the way, but in the service. Some would also believe that um, when they talk about heaven, they just said, hey, it's this golden city up in the clouds. And others would say it's a place that, where good people go. So if you're a good person, you go to heaven. Some would believe that heaven is the default to death, meaning everybody goes to heaven no matter what. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this. What are relationships going to be like in heaven? Will we have any memory of the past here on earth? What about those people that we live in conflict with in heaven? How is that restored? What if, uh, it's a very serious question, what, what if you are in here and you um, have gone through broken relationships, maybe even through divorce, what is that going to be like in heaven? We'll spend an entire sermon on what that's going to be like. Here's what I want to do. So the next six weeks, we are going to talk about all of this. We are going to talk about the rewards in heaven. We're going to talk about what life in heaven is going to be like. We're going to talk about relationships with one another in heaven. Are we married? Are we not married? If we're not married, do we remember who we're married to? Um, We're going to talk about um, what it's it's going to look like for the new heaven and new earth. We're going to talk about whether or not we can see down, um, which is we're going to talk about this today. What I want to do is today, my desire and goal is to lay down the foundation that's going to set up the next several weeks. Because if I were to ask you today, how would you define heaven? Most of us would have a very different definition. There'd be various definitions in this room. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, this morning, talk about the present heaven. Something that's going to throw some of you off today, and it's okay. A lot of my study kind of like blew my mind. Um, The one thing we're going to hear about today is the present heaven and future heaven. There are two different heavens we're going to talk about today. Present heaven and future heaven. There's a present hell and there's a future hell. So what we're going to dive in today is first, we must have a clear understanding of what heaven is. So let me define this. If you're taking notes, we're going to take a lot of notes today. But let me be very, very clear on why I am doing this. This is not going to be a... Hoorah, emotional, get you pumped up. This is going to be um, biblical teaching from a biblical perspective so we all have a healthy and clear understanding of exactly what heaven is. Because what I don't want us to do is grab on to false hope that we have been told about, whether or not we have guardian angels or not. I want to know what does the Bible say so that we can cling on to that for our hope. And a proper biblical perspective of heaven should change the way we live on earth. A proper biblical perspective of heaven should change the way we live here on earth. So let's define heaven before we move forward so that we are all using the same biblical term. Heaven is the place where God dwells on his throne, meaning he is in charge, he is in authority with angels and his redeemed people. While we're moving forward, you have to understand this. Heaven has a past it has a present, and it has a future. If heaven is God's dwelling place, then God created heaven, which means heaven didn't always exist. When people speak of heaven, they use the word heaven as if it's interchangeable for God. Heaven is God's dwelling place. So heaven has a past when he first created, heaven has a present, and heaven will have a future. Now, what we're going to talk about today is heaven now and heaven later. Let me be very clear up front what this means. You, you may have asked the question, and many people have already asked me, um, because the second coming of Jesus Christ has not yet happened, right? There's the day of judgment, and the day of judgment has not yet happened. So people ask the question, if a believer, a Christian, were to die today, where does their soul go if we haven't had the day of judgment? Where are they right now? You ever thought about that? Some people would say there's this theological thought process to say um, the souls are asleep and they're waiting on the day of judgment. Uh, Some would say you've heard this before, which is not true. Neither is your soul asleep. Some would say, well, they're in purgatory. They're just in this holding cell, which is also unbiblical. The reason why people have come up with this thought process is because they have recognized that the second coming hasn't happened yet. So people are confused on where in the world does our soul go right now? If a Christian was to pass away and the second coming hasn't happened, where is the soul? We're going to answer that today. Here's what we have to write this down. There's something called in the theological realm, the immediate state. Uh, here's what this means. It's the transitional period between life on earth and the future resurrection. So before we get into scripture, um, here's, I'll make it personal. Here's the best way I can tell you there is in Revelation 21 the new heavens and the new earth the second coming of Christ the day of judgment which hasn't happened yet so you have to ask yourself the day of judgment hasn't happened where are these souls now that have passed away so my sister at 46 passed away last year to COVID 46 years old so I began to dig um, what does this look like where is she right now if the second coming hasn't happened We're going to see in Scripture, the Scripture tells us about this present heaven. So right now, let me be uber clear. Right now, um, if a Christian were to pass away, if I were to pass away today, um, my soul would not experience the new heaven and the new earth because it hasn't happened. My soul will go into what's called the intermediate state, the present heaven. There is a present heaven right now that is different from the future heaven. The best way I can put it is it's almost like um, a layover. If you're going somewhere and you're traveling, the present heaven is not your final destination, but it's an incredible layover. You ever been to some airports like, this is amazing, but it's not your final destination. My sister in heaven right now is saying, this is amazing, but it's not her final destination. So she is right now before God, God on his throne, and I want to give you a glimpse of the present heaven, of what is happening right in this moment. And here's what I'm going to answer for you. I want to give you hope about this, true biblical hope. If you have ever lost anybody, and I'm sure most of us, not all we have, and you probably wondered, can they see what's going on? Can they hear what's going on? Can they see my life? Where are they right now? I'm going to answer that today. From a biblical perspective, it's going to give us incredible hope today to know right in this moment, what is my sister doing? Right in this moment, what is your loved one doing? If they are believers in Jesus Christ, Isaiah chapter 6, turn your Bible there. Uh, we're gonna, when, you, when you look at a topic like heaven, let me just tell you, it's not just one verse. It's from the Old Testament to the New Testament. You have to allow the Bible to define the Bible. And so, I am going to try to exempt any opinion I have and give you straight scripture so that we have something to hold on to that's true. Now, Isaiah is speaking of, if you have notes, we're going to take a lot of notes, so buckle up, but it's going to be very healthy and very good and very plain. Isaiah is giving us a vision of the present heaven, the present heaven before the new heaven and the new earth. Right now, Your loved one, here's what they are doing, because Isaiah gives us a glimpse into the present heaven. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne. Where is his throne? In heaven, it's his dwelling place. High and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. The seraphim, there are different type of angels in Scripture. The seraphim is known as the fiery angel. Okay, so this is the angel of fire. Each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Let me give us a glimpse to what Isaiah is telling us about the present heaven that when he got a vision, now this is the word of God, so we know it's the inspired word of God, which is true. Whether our minds can conceive and comprehend or even agree, it doesn't make this any less true. This is the true word of God. So the vision that he gives us into the present current heaven which our loved ones are in and the saints before us. He sees um, the seraphim with six wings, two says covering their face, the other two covering their feet. Um, The scholars would say that this is a a great picture of humility by even the angels who are in the presence of God because God is so unbelievably holy that all they can do in this moment is sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy holy. It's kind of like, man, I remember my wedding day and my wife comes down the aisle and I'm looking at her and I'm just thinking, I love you so much. I can't believe we're doing this for the rest of our lives. You're holy. I am not. But it was just this intimate moment to think, I cannot believe she said yes. I cannot believe she was there when the doors opened. I cannot believe this is actually happening. Well, the angels are saying, holy, I cannot believe, holy, holy. And this, this, the scholars say they cover their face because of this picture of humility. And here's the thing about the revelation of God. The more we come to know about God, the more we should be humbled within ourselves. Because the more holier we see that he is, the more we recognize we are not. And it leads to a heart of gratitude that you know everything about me and I'm not perfect and you love me. Holy, you are perfect, you are glorious. And so he is saying he sees them singing holy, holy, holy. So to answer the question, what is your loved one doing right now in this moment? If you want great hope in this moment, they are saying holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Think about that. And here's what I want you to do to make this. This is not just a text. This is the word of living word of God. This is what's happening in the present heaven. I want you to think about in this moment, I'm gonna give us a moment of silence to know that your loved one is singing holy, holy, holy. Think about that. before God Almighty. Now, what else are they doing? Are they just, is it one long worship service? No. There's more going on. There's more going on in heaven right now, in the present heaven. And I'm going to continue reading of what takes place. He says, And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. A revelation of God led him to understand he is imperfect, and God is holy. He says, And I dwell in the midst of, an unclean, of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, present heaven. Then one of the seraphim flew to him, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. What a great foreshadowing of Jesus Christ being the one who, who uh, forgives us and wipes away the guilt and atones our sin. Now. Here's where we're about to get a lot of information that's incredibly important for your right standing of heaven. Feel free to take a picture of this. I'm gonna run through this, but I want you to have a clear understanding, a biblical understanding of what the Bible says about our loved ones currently in heaven. So let's take a look at this present heaven, this layover, if you will. That's not the final destination. Right now, this present heaven, my loved one, your loved one, is recognizing that heaven is the throne room of God. It's where he dwells and he is the center of everything. Heaven is a perfectly holy place because of God's glorious, unapproachable presence is all pervasive. Heaven is where God is worshiped by angelic beings. So there are the angels that are just worshiping God. Heaven is where believers go immediately at death. Okay, let me pause here. Because we have to trump the notion that there is purgatory, and we have to trump the notion that the soul is asleep. People believe the soul is asleep because they get it from 1 Thessalonians, where it says that those asleep will arise first. Um, That is not a biblical thought process to believe that your soul is sleeping. And, And here's why. Feel free to look up these scriptures later. But Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. There is no delay time. So you may ask the question well, what happens to the day of judgment? So, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you pass away, um, your spirit automatically goes up to heaven because of Christ that you are able to enter. There's still that day of final judgment. But your spirit immediately, there's no delay, immediately goes into the presence of God. Heaven is where believers are in the presence of God spiritually, but not yet in their glorified bodies. So right now... Um, your loved one doesn't have their fully redeemed body. Often when we talk to people, we want to comfort them. And here's what we say, hey, they're fully whole. They're in their glorified bodies. Well, they're not. They're not in their glorified bodies yet because the resurrection hasn't the resurrection of the glorified bodies hasn't happened. The second coming hasn't happened. So right now, scholars would say that our loved ones are in a spiritual form in the present heaven, worshiping God in a spiritual form. Now, um, Scripture leads us to also believe that although they're not in their glorified bodies, which, by the way, will be a physical body that we will have, he is saying, although believers... Um, exist spiritually in heaven, they will keep their identities just as Abraham did. You can see that in Luke as Moses and Elijah. So in these scriptures, Abraham, uh, Moses, and Elijah, uh, and Lazarus were all recognizable. Some scholars would say right now in the present heaven that we're in a spiritual form uh, our loved ones are in a spiritual form, but they're recognizable like Jesus was when he resurrected. Some would say uh, it's not only a spiritual form. It's, it's a temporary body that allows you to know uh, and to be identified in heaven. Either way, whether it's spiritual or temporary physical body, um, our, heaven, our, our loved ones are recognizable right now in heaven. Um, there is a reunion. They recognize each other. Um, they're making new relationships, by the way, in heaven. And many of this, I'll spend an entire sermon on it. We'll, we'll talk about what does it look, relationships in heaven look like. But for the sake of goodness, a clear lens today. Um, in heaven, believers are aware to some degree of what is happening here on Earth. Let's sit on that. Let's sit on that, because for some, that is a thought pro, heretical thought process is to even think that those in heaven can see down here on Earth. So let's keep this in mind. If there's a present heaven and there's a future heaven, um, the present heaven is where they are right now worshiping God. And according to the scripture, I'm going to dig into it, they're able to see what is happening here on earth. So right now, my sister, your loved one, we don't know how much knowledge they have of earth, but they're able to see what's happening here on earth. How do we know that and how do do we believe that? Uh, Some of you have been long enough to know this. At the end of sermons, I give an invitation. I invite people to repent and and place their faith in Jesus Christ. What happens when people start coming down the aisle, all of you begin to cheer. You cheer because I always say, hey, right now the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Because scripture tells us that the angels in heaven rejoice. Well, how will the angels in heaven rejoice at what's happening on earth if they couldn't see what's happening on earth? How would there be great clouds of witnesses in Hebrews that are cheering us on to run the race but they couldn't see the race we were running? We don't exactly know to what degree they can, they can see what's going on, how much knowledge, but we know for a fact that they can see. So my sister, for a fact, can see. Right now, she can probably see the top of my bald head, okay? <laughs> but isn't that great comfort? Not my bald head, but the fact that she can. (laughs) By the way, when I get my resurrected body, I don't know if he's going to let me pick my hair, but I promise you I'll be the one on a bike with my hair just flowing, just going. (laughs) So let's look at Scripture. In order for you to have true hope of your loved one, not only singing right now, holy, 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 holy is the Lord but to also have knowledge of what's going on here on earth. To have emotion. Think about this, to have emotion. You're thinking, no, they're, they're, they're void of emotion. No, 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 Let's look at the scripture. So let's take a look at Luke 15. Luke 15 says this, Jesus is telling this parable, which through his parables, he gives theology, doctrine about himself and who he is. He says, just so I tell you, there is joy before The angels. Okay, if the joy and rejoicing is happening before the angels, who's doing the rejoicing? Who's rejoicing before the angels when somebody places their faith in Jesus? The saints. Who are the saints? Those in the present heaven right now are called the saints. Who's in the present heaven? So to think that when someone goes from spiritual death to life, that there is before the angels, the saints rejoice. I'm sure the angels rejoice of those who repent and place their faith in Jesus Christ. It means that the saints have knowledge of a person here on earth surrendering their life to Jesus Christ. They cheer. They're excited. The angels are excited, which means what? In a theological sense, in a filter and perspective, they have knowledge of what's happening here on earth. I don't know about you, but that's not only mind-blowing, that's incredibly encouraging to know that they know what's going on. You've always wondered, like, they they can't see, they don't know what's going on. I don't know to what extent of knowledge, but we know for a fact they have knowledge. So let's also turn to Revelation chapter 6, because this is going to give us important information about this knowledge and exactly what they're feeling and thinking, whether or not they have emotions in heaven, in the present heaven right now. In the present heaven, they're able to have emotions and to grieve with the knowledge they have about what's going on here on earth. You would think there's no grieving in the present heaven. According to the scripture, there is still emotional intellect going on in the present heaven. In the future heaven, when the second coming comes back, then everything is white clear, then there is no more pain, no more tears, then it'd be a bit different. But for now, let's take a look at the revelation that John gives us, This again is about the present heaven. Now he's given us insight into the life that's happening right now in the present heaven. When he opened the fifth seal, this is a vision that he has gotten about the present heaven. I saw under the altar the souls of those that have been slain. Uh, Remember, I told you, in the present heaven, there are souls that are uh, kind of floating around, I guess, if you will. In the future heaven, we'll have physical redeemed bodies. He's talking about the present heaven, which then again proves the case of the souls not redeemed into the physical body yet. The souls that have been slain for the word of God. Those that have been murdered for preaching the gospel and have been persecuted. John says he sees them and for the witness they had borne. They, watch this. So now he's looking into the present heaven, not yet the, the future heaven, the present heaven. And he sees what's going on. And he sees under the altar the souls that have been persecuted and they cried out. What is this? Emotion. There's emotional intellect, intelligence. There's emotions to fill up in the present heaven because he gives us this insight to recognize that they are crying out. What in the world will they be crying out about in heaven? Why would they have any reason to cry in the present heaven? Here's why it tells us. They cried out with a loud voice. O sovereign Lord, holy and true. You know what else this tells us right here? They're communicating with God. That in the present heaven, they're currently communicating with God on behalf of the people on earth, which again means they can see what's happening on earth. So the saints are communicating, the angels are communicating, oh sovereign Lord, how long? What does this mean? We often hear people say, when you get to heaven, you have all your, an- all your questions answered. According to this text in the present heaven, they don't have all their questions answered. They don't know everything because they're asking God a question. That's not a rhetorical question. They want to know when is the pain on earth going to stop, which means they can see on earth and they can they have emotions to feel what's going on. So, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on earth? There's a question mark. They're asking, they're in communication with God, they see what's happening on earth, and they can feel. And so this scripture is very, very clear that that when when those in heaven see the evilness of our broken world, that yes, there is mourning. Yes, there's grieving. If we grieve the Holy Spirit, how much more would they be grieved as well? Or not much more, but they would be grieved as well. So the present heaven has all of this included. They can see, they know, they have knowledge of what's happening, they have emotion, they don't have all the answers in the present heaven, and they're communicating with God. So let's talk about, I know it's a lot of information. Well, let's move now The layover, let's pretend that the layover is over. The second coming is happening. John gives us a picture into the second, the day of judgment. So I'm going to title this, the future heaven. Remember, heaven has a past, it has a present, and it has a future. It's God's dwelling place. Now John, in Revelation 6, he gave us a vision of the present heaven. Revelation 21, he's given us a vision of the future heaven. Watch this. Then I saw a new heaven. What does that mean? That there is an older heaven that is no longer there. That now it's a new heaven. There is a new heaven and a new earth. These things are new, which means he is shifting his vision, shifting his gear to say, there is the present. This is what the present looks like. But now I also saw the future. The new one. For the first heaven, first heaven, the first heaven, which means he's talking about another heaven here, and the first earth has passed away. Uh, remember, our earth right now, according to Romans chapter 8, is, is uh, awaiting to be restored. So our current earth is under, is cursed under sin, and it's waiting to be restored. Romans 8 says that our current earth has groaning pains, waiting for Christ to come back. And so, uh, what this says here is that the old one has passed away. The one today that is corrupted with sin, brokenness, and sickness has passed away. And he says, and the sea was no more. This word sea that John uses is a metaphor um, for things that cause division. The sea is something that causes division. It, it, it causes division between continents. It, there's division there when you think about the body of water. He uses this metaphor to say the sea is no more, meaning in this new heaven and new earth, there are no more, there's no more division. There are no more haters. Can you imagine uh, in heaven going on social media and everything's just good? Like people's bio, actually matches what they're posting (laughs) my bad (laughs) i went too far can you imagine that you don't have to worry about people betraying you you don't have to worry about broken relationships you don't have to worry about jealousy You don't have to worry about people being so jealous of you that they won't include you, invite you to things that they're doing and it breaks you and you wonder if something's wrong with you because they stop inviting you. But the truth is they're so insecure to themselves, about themselves, that you are a threat to their kingdom. You don't have to worry about that anymore. You don't have to worry about people intentionally trying to hurt you you don't have to worry about being hurt. You don't have to worry about betrayal. You don't have to worry about any of this stuff anymore. I cannot imagine what this is going to be like. And he's saying, look, there's no more division. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Listen to this. When we pass away right now, we, our souls go into the present heaven, right? Now watch this. Revelation 21, the second coming, heaven comes down. To earth. Now we go to God, later God comes to us. Now we go to God, later God comes to us. And it gives this picture of this marriage. And it says, Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Heaven came to earth, a new earth, which is a physical place. He will dwell with him and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. Now here's the great part. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to them, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega and the beginning and the end to the thirsty. I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. So if we're taking a quick look at what heaven later will look like, take a picture of this. The new heavens and earth will be an eternal physical place. So when heaven comes down, the new Jerusalem comes down, this new future heaven is a physical place, not where your bodies are just a spiritual form floating around. Your bodies will be fully redeemed and resurrected. You will have fully physical resurrected bodies. Hasn't happened yet in the present heaven where there's no more sin. This is important. Only believers will be allowed to live in the new heavens and earth. Um, There is a stat out there right now that says that about 30-something percent of people in the church are saying that Jesus is not the only way to the Father. Let me clarify um, this demonic lie. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Jesus is the only mediator. Jesus is the only forgiver. And so I want to be sure our church has a clear understanding that there is no other name above the name of Jesus, the one that has covered our sins, the one that knows everything about us and still died for us on the cross, the one who is so faithful even when we are unfaithful the one that loves us when nobody else sees us hurting, the one that comforts us, the one that guides us, the one that convicts us, the one that provides for us. His name is Jesus and it's Jesus alone that has gone to the cross and has died on the cross to to pay the payment that we deserve. And so when I tell you only believers will be allowed in the new heavens and new earth, it's crazy, but it's true. And it's even sad that I have to say it. Jesus is the only way that you will experience the new heaven and new earth. It's not gonna be based off your good works. It's not even based off a sinner's prayer that you have said or an aisle that you have worked. It is through faith and faith alone in Christ, which is great news. Because now it means that it's not dependent on your life, it's dependent on his life. That's great news. So if you're in this room today, and you've always felt so ashamed and unworthy to receive Christ. I, I want to tell you, partly you're right. He is so holy, and we are so unworthy. And that's why it's so great. It's a free gift. He wants you and he desires you. And he's not waiting for you to clean yourself up, then come to him. Amen. He wants to watch. It's great. We sang the song, and he was. As we were singing the song, I'm not going to sing it, <laughs> but I want to. You want me to sing it? <laughs> no, because we're, we're talking about heaven. I don't want stuff to... But, but seriously, as I'm thinking, and he walks with me and he talks with me, I'm thinking, man, he knows everything about me. And he walks with me and he talks with me. How are you not blown away by that? The greatest... Detriment in Christianity is Christians forgetting who Christ is. The greatest fear and detriment in Christianity are Christians themselves. For Christians to stop believing and understanding. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and because that is true, holy, I submit myself, I humble myself before you. It changes absolutely everything. In this new heavens, and God will dwell with his people, and like in the intermediate state, God will be the center of everything, and he will be worshiped for all eternity. Believers will receive new, resurrected, glorified bodies, spiritual bodies like Jesus. And we'll live in those bodies for eternity. The new heavens and earth will be populated by those whom Jesus has redeemed. Listen to this. It'll look much like this church that I'm so proud of. Listen, this church, I'm I'm telling you, look around. We come from different walks of life. Different ages, different backgrounds, different all kinds of stuff. But there's something different about this church because at 10.30 on Sunday mornings, we put all that stuff and leave it at the door, whatever that means, and we're in here and when you are united as one church and we sing as one church because the blood of Jesus Christ has united all of us. No matter how different we are in this room, what Christ has done for us is much more powerful and unites us than what's different about us. That's what's amazing. So we come in here... And so when I I look at the new heavens and be populated by those whom Jesus redeemed from every tribe, language, people, and nation, what a great church we have to resemble and reflect that. In the new heavens and earth, there will be no more sin, sorrow, or suffering because Christ has made all things new. The band's gonna come up, and let me read this. It is, this is, listen, we're gonna go, spend the next weeks on topics um, that whether, you know, what is relate what will relationships be like, what the rewards in heaven will be like, what is it, what will it be like to see God in Jesus? What is that? We're gonna cover all of this, but today, to have a clear understanding, look, to have a clear understanding, I wanna read this. T-t-t- to have a clear understanding of this right here. When the scripture says in Revelation 21, to the thirsty I will give from the, the spring of the water with, of life without payment. Now listen to this in Revelation 21 verse eight, the, the last verse. This is so important for you to hear that there is a present heaven that my sister right now is in. She's aware of what's going on on earth. She is before God. She's happy before God. She is singing. She is worshiping. So your loved one, your loved one right now I know it's gonna bring up some emotions, but let it bring comfort. Oh, it can, can, can see what's happened, has knowledge, and is before God Almighty. Because they have placed faith in Jesus. But I have to be 100% honest with you as your pastor. I, I have to tell you the truth, and this next verse is not popular today. But shame on the pastors who are so afraid of offending the people and won't tell them the full truth. Because if there is a present hev- heaven and in f- future heaven, that has to mean that there is a present hell and future hell. And this is where people don't like hearing. But let me tell you something: I didn't like hearing about that either before I knew where I was going. now that I know where I'm going I'm that much more grateful and let me tell you something to the Christians in here that have been living life for a long time your final goal here on earth is not a bigger house, it's not more money, it's not more stuff this is not your final destination and so when when you look at this verse, listen but as for the cowardly for the faithless, those who didn't place their faith in Jesus, the detestable, as for murders, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and liars. Listen, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Second, We're talking about second death. Let me share something very quickly. When people die today without the name of Jesus Christ, they have not experienced the second death, the The day of judgment. If people die today, what they experience is what Scripture talks about in the Old Testament and New Testament as Sheol and Hades. It's still uh, the place of hell, but but it's not the final destination of hell. Because when the judgment day comes, the second death is this. It is the lake of fire that Scripture talks about. Here, they will live forever. So they certainly will transfer from here to here forever on the the day of judgment. But here's the thing, is that you look and you listen to this today and you're thinking, oh no, I'm faithless. Oh no, this is a big one in our culture. I'm sexually immoral. Does that mean I'm going to hell? Oh no, I'm sexually immoral. Verse 27 in Revelation 21 says, nothing unclean. God is so holy that the angels right now in heaven had to cover themselves because he's so holy. So nothing unclean will ever enter it. Nothing can enter God's presence because we are unclean. Nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, here's the thing. You're asking yourself, because you know yourself better than anyone else does in this room, and you recognize that you are not perfect, and you probably think, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And listen, all of us in here are, by the way. None of us are clean within our own moral actions, but all of us, if you want to know, how do I go from unclean to clean? It's not more tithing money, it's not more church attendance, it's not more sinner's prayers, it's not more stuff. It's through Christ and Christ alone that Jesus takes this word unclean. This is what we are before Christ. And it's like the blood of Christ covers us and makes us clean. And it's only to the blood of Jesus, which then gives us the opportunity to go from unclean to clean to having our name in the book of life. Now, what did you do to make this possible? Nothing. Jesus did it all. Jesus did it all. So my desire for you today in this room, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the scripture is very clear. Any of those that are unclean, not meaning you struggle with sin today, but anybody who has not placed their faith in Jesus Christ so Jesus can uncover what's unclean in your life. Listen, sin. And what's unclean in your life cannot be covered until it's uncovered. Your sin cannot be covered until it's uncovered. So, yes, this present heaven, can you imagine right now? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy.